0: Don't. Be afraid. Be very afraid.
1: There's nothing to fear except God. Whatever that
0: means to you. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks?
1: Why do I say Because we got Holy
0: You're listening to a podcast exploring faith and fear what scares us, and what saves us. This is the fear of God.
2: Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the fear of God. It is a whole new year and a whole new renewed podcast at the intersection of faith and fear. You can find all of your favorite foggy paraphernalia at thefearofgodpodcast.com. Each week here in the fog, we explore what scares us in order to find what saves us. And by we, I mean one of your hosts, me, Reed Lackey. And me, your other host, Nathan Rouse. (laughs) Nathan, welcome to another show. I'm excited about this show. Uh, Yeah, it feels weird. It's going to be exciting. I know. I know. You're not used to you're not used to this. You're not used nope. to to waiting to be queued in. You're used to having the mm-hmm. having the mic, having to, uh, you know, I've got to meet myself. Stage, all of that. <laughs> um. Well, listen, not only this week are we jumping back into our annual foray into the horror films of the previous year, continuing today by sleeping with the maggots and killing the creepy crawlies in our tummy. But today we are also joined by two very, very special guests. First up, a voice really familiar by now with all of our audience and that of foreign correspondent, makeup wizard, interpreter for the stars and quarterly queen, Vera Gowdy. Hey, Vera, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Nice. Interpreter for the stars.
2: That's a good, that's good accolade. I like that. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's detected. No, nope. <laughs> yes, if the boot fits, <laughs> uh, <laughs> got it. So uh, but also joining us for the very first time in the fog is educator, Twitch gamer, horror enthusiast, and uh, not too coincidentally, my super cool cousin, Jose Worley. Jose, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
3: Hello. Great.
2: <laughs> welcome, Jose. Awesome. I'm very, very excited to have you. Um, we promise to treat you well. Now, before we move on much further, listen, uh, there's a little tradition. Here in the fog for first-time guests, so we're gonna do a little bit of get to know you. Just two quick questions, okay? So, first question is: feel the freedom to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, but most specifically, uh, what what got you into horror? Uh, you have uh, a skull terrarium uh, in the background that yeah. audiences can't see. I mean, you're very, quite very, I very can't see that
1: you have the coolest background. Uh, yeah,
3: not <laughs> so. I have a cool background, not only because I'm kind of. Obsessed with all things kind of Halloween and horror. But um, I also, like Rated said, I'm a Twitch streamer. And what I primarily stream on Twitch is horror games. I call myself a mm. horror variety streamer um, because I play mostly horror, but then I do some other things. Like right now, I'm currently playing a game called Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. So, wow. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, yeah, I play a lot of like what what are called like indie horror games or indie games. So they're made by, wow. you know, small, small developers. Um, I'm a fan of um, you know, giving the small groups a voice and everything. But yeah, so because I'm a Twitch streamer, having, you know, things in the background kind of goes with the territory. I try not to be a hoarder, but I do come across things <laughs> I like, especially I'm a fan of skulls. I like skulls and I have a full-blown <laughs> skeleton back here so that is
0: awesome that's awesome yeah hey Jose, quick question for those of us who are old farts and and only loosely understand <laughs> twitch like where could people go find you there if they wanted to watch okay some this stuff?
3: so twitch the website twitch.tv um my username is no way jose and it's spelled mm. a little weird it's j-o-c-e-e thanks mom So yeah, it's no way Jose. that's where I'm at. So if anyone wants to go, you know, check me out or anything, apologize in advance for a jump scare potty mouth. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're used to that around here.
1: Yeah. That'll, that'll happen. Uh, (laughs)
3: Um, But yeah, (laughs) you, you had asked what got me into horror and honestly, my mom. (laughs) um, (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So my, my mom is, I think she's always been a big fan of horror. It kind of, both of us kind of developed the obsession, like kind of together. One of my earliest memories was either I can't remember it exactly right, but either my mom was doing laundry or ironing, and I came in the room and I was very little, so she didn't even realize I was there, but Chucky was on the TV. And oh, fun. I like I I had to have been like three or four, but it was very like it sticks in your brain because I can't. How do you forget? the little doll sticking a knife in the back of a car seat. You don't forget that, right? And, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not to say, because I remember when I was younger, I genuinely got nightmares and I would th- like mm. be scared of the dark and things like that. And it just kind of, as I got older and it became like a, a family thing, like, oh, let's sit down and we'll have a movie night. and We're going to watch this horror movie. And it kind of started like after my mom realized, oh, you're watching this stuff she tried introducing me to, like, the Nosferatus and, like, the kind nice. of older stuff. And then, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of developed and now it's kind of blown into this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> into awesome. Into awesome. my crazy obsession of collection of items and uh, the Twitch streaming of horror games and things like that. But, yeah.
2: that is That is absolutely fantastic. My That's son cool. went through a phase where he loved to watch... People play on on YouTube or whatever. He loved to watch people play horror games. So I got overexcited. I think I was like, "Oh, wait! It's it's time to start watching horror movies." Um, and uh, he has shown a little bit less proclivity. He he enjoys watching, you know, uh, very clearly non realistic animated things. But he's still a little nervous. I uh, we tried to show him. Was it this past year? Yeah, tried to show him this past year. Uh, the original Halloween and now to be fair to him in the middle of it there was a problem with the version we were watching we had recorded it on TV because even though all of the frightful stuff was fine I was like uh, I'm not sure like if I can tell him to close his eyes at the right time yeah. cut out all you know all that kind of <laughs> stuff uh, so we'd recorded it on TV and the, the DVR recording uh stopped like right in the middle of the movie just randomly stopped in the middle of the movie and I was like okay well I'll just bust out the DVD and my son was like well,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd like a logical so, complaint,
2: father <laughs> it's like uh, i think i think maybe the dvr intervened at a certain point i am getting pretty creeped out so i was like okay that's all right funny. that's 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 fine mm-hmm. so so yeah we'll we'll try again but then uh around christmas i asked my family to watch krampus with me and he made it all the way through that one and he was fine so that so, one's fine you know, maybe yeah yes yes it's it's a blast before i ask you the next one i have to ask if the skeleton in the background has a name
3: uh for lack of um better naming skills, it's just Mr. Skelly. <laughs> mm. Mr.
2: Skelly oh, yeah. no, 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 That's, <laughs> that's just cute. It's that's
3: fun. If it uh if it turns into something else at some point, sure. But this was actually a birthday gift because now um I'm receiving Halloween birthday gifts ahead of time and instead de- it's kind of mm. like, oh, we want to get her Halloween stuff. But, you know, how at at holidays, you can't buy the holiday stuff anymore. You have to buy it way sure, ahead of yes. time. And my birthday's yes, in yeah. the summer. And mm-hmm. so, it's kind of just become a thing that on Jose's birthday, they get her Halloween stuff. And so, the skeleton was from my dad. Oh, <laughs>
2: that's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> oh, it's really cool. Well, uh, the second question that we always ask first-time guests, and you can answer this in silly ways or sincere ways as you see fit, but uh, what scares you?
3: Um. Honestly, real answer, death. Mm, um, mm, mm-hmm. I think you know. Without answer. yes, yeah, without yes. without yes. diving into it, it's it's like the only thing that really, when I think deeply about it, it does scare me. Um,
2: yeah, bothers and sure.
3: yeah, and um, silly answer because I'm a teacher, children.
2: No. Um,
3: <laughs> like I uh, just like a little quote because i always have kids say the darndest things things on my mind um there was a student i taught kindergarten last year and they're like miss Hmm. worley can i tell you a joke and i said okay and that i just thought like kids have they'll say it's a joke and they'll just say ha ha hot dog and it's like not a joke at all so i had no idea (laughs) what to expect and this kid said okay he's like okay and he sat there and he's like getting ready and he's like minions eat people and that was it that was the joke
0: to 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 validate (laughs) you here i don't i don't know what uh age you teach but we have a seven-year-old that's our youngest child and she went through a phase a couple months ago very similar and it was like i teach
3: third grade now i've kind of jumped around here and there but yeah yeah. she's she's
0: in first grade and she would just be like hey listen to this joke and and the first time it happens you're like okay let's let's hear her out you know and then you're like huh um i don't how do you be a good parent in this moment? <laughs> By, uh,
3: not yeah, like how did their, the, the child's mind is terrifying. Right, it's like, right. how did their mind develop that thing? It's it's a wonder, honestly. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, none of her it's nowhere near. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere near in the ballpark. But I can remember when my son was very, very young. We're talking like four or five. And I was giving him a bath. And in the bath, he started saying red rum. And I was like, oh, oh love what love that. In the- <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what Is in this the world? A joke? Are you <laughs> punking us right no, now? I am not punking. No, I have now forgotten. Did Scatman Carruthers show up? No, but he had seen the word Red Rum riffed upon in some animated show he was watching. Uh, so the animated, okay. whatever the animated show was, was riffing on The Shining, yeah. and that was his only exposure to it. But, you know, jarring for me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: to, to, to the to
3: Shining like, really just does show this- up show yeah. up and everything i mean nope. that'll I
0: get this image later, of but... you slapping him right then nope. just
1: <laughs> yeah he's already uh, in no. the bathtub you can make it holy water and just pour <laughs> him to <take> the <laughs>
2: That's right like all right so uh, <laughs> okay well th- thank you so much for sharing all that jose we are again very very happy to have you um i love it now nathan the last couple of times you and i have been absurdly rude hosts and we just decided to ditch our guests uh, to go gallivanting off. Uh, you know, and we're trying to learn our lessons this year. Okay, this is one of our resolutions: try to be better hosts. Uh, so this week. week we're gonna until next week. But uh, for this week, <laughs> we're gonna invite our guests along with us into the patron segment. So it's time to join another patron segment for another Edgar Allan Poe short story and a discussion about Mike Flanagan's The Fall of the House of Usher. So join us in the patron segment. For everyone else, we will be right back.
0: So about this movie today, we are here discussing mm-hmm. 2023's evil dead rise. Uh, the IMDB plot summary says a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. That's Evil Dead Rise. Now, Vera, I know you are our Queen (laughs) Deadite, but Jose, it's your first time here, and I'm curious, you know, I want to give you a little little runway here. Like, had, had you seen this before this conversation? What is your... In brief, feel free to touch point Evil Dead generally, but but specifically camp out for a second on this movie. Had you seen it? What did you think of it?
3: Um, I had seen it previously. I rewatched it again before the pod. And I am a I wouldn't call myself because deadites are hard, hardcore, man. So it's hard for <laughs> me to call myself a deadite necessarily. I'm like, baby deadite, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Like, I, I am a very big Evil Dead fan. Um. I'm also a fan of Lee Cronin. I think that um i I saw like his short horror film and enjoyed that. I think he is very good at what he does as a evil dead movie in general. I think it's serviceable. Mm-hmm. um it was just okay for me, and okay. I actually think I enjoyed it better in theater for like sound purposes specifically like with like the speakers and stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into this, but like the bass from the speakers of the, um, in the sun's room and like stuff, stuff like that. It's much more effective in the theater. And then once some of those effective things from the theater get taken away upon rewatching, um, I also had more time to kind of pick out some of the things, actually, not just some, a lot of the things that had come from previous evil dead movies quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why I actually liked it less after I almost wish I didn't rewatch it.
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> because, interesting.
3: Yeah. Um, so overall I thought it was okay. I am a big Evil Dead fan, but I'm also very aware that unlike other franchises, it is all over the place in tone. And sure. um it's also hard because I loved the Evil Dead remake. I thought that was mm. done very, very well. And yeah, so Fede Alvarez, yeah. Yes, that was fantastic. And then so seeing that, I kind of went into this hoping that it would be like that. And it was similar, I would say, in tone. But I feel like they didn't balance. Like, they tried to bring in a little bit more of the camp, but the balance was still off. That's how I, mm. I kind of felt about it. Um,
2: mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, who do you want to go next? Would you like to go next? Yeah, let's do this. I'll
0: go, and then Vera, and then Reed. Um, so ironically, I actually really enjoy Evil Dead Rise. Um, now it is worth mentioning, and I've more or less alluded to this over time. I'm I'm a pretty lukewarm, uh, when it comes to the original trilogy. Like, I respect its place. I haven't seen any one of them more than once or twice so and and you know so i know i'm kind of in the minority as far as that goes uh, enjoyed ash versus evil dead a lot the show when we covered it on the podcast but and and i honestly haven't seen the alvarez iteration um so i am not the person who comes to it with a whole lot of expectation necessarily mm-hmm. um and what i found interesting about this and a little bit to your point josé is that for someone like me Who doesn't know the lore that deeply but knows kind of just enough yes like i i I know what the trappings are like i can watch this and it's after the fact that i realize, oh wow there's a lot of stuff woven in here that's you know like what if you don't have all that at the ready isn't distracting um Mm -hmm. whereas for me now i feel like in just these last couple years I don't know if this will make sense read to you who's been along for this journey, but in just the last couple of years, new horror, it's, it's kind of the, I finally kind of caught up with my enthusiasm for new horror, meaning like when Mm, the new screens were coming out, uh, I went to see this in the theater by myself and really just loved that experience. Like this to Mm -hmm. me, the, the, the tease, the opening teaser of this. Um, I think the little mini story of it is fine. That's okay. But the literally the title sequence is just
3: yeah the title card with her dropping. rising out of the yeah, water yeah fantastic
0: and i think what's fascinating and and maybe maybe i'll come away feeling a little differently by the end of this i don't know but I, w- I will say this if if i had anything i would i wish were a little different here is it is so just balls to the wall uh like my my 13 year old just recently watched the first scream from 96 and five and six, and, and those that's a big deal to kind of cross that threshold finally. And I kept toying with like before I'd rewatched it and before I rewatched the trailer. <laughs> um, I kept toying with like, man, god, can could can she do this? And then I watched the trailer and it had the elevator scene. I was like, nah, yeah, 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 that's 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 too much. Um, so if I had anything, it's not like I wish I you know, had someone I could, I could watch it with here or, or walk down that path a little further with her. But for me personally, once the main story starts, like i I find it very engaging. It's, it's creepy AF. It is the, the performers of Beth and Elsie are fantastic to me. Um, I think it's kind of light enough on its feet. Like it keeps moving. Um, So, so no, I, I found it pretty energizing. I don't know that there's a ton on its mind, and that's okay, you know, but I also like that it's, to me, and I'll shut up after this and let Vera go, I kind of love that it found a reason to go back to this canon, meaning the the parental, maternal themes of it. Like, that, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is a cool way to use the tropes of this series to tell an interesting story about these Sisters' dynamics. So, anyway, I I I really enjoyed it a lot. Vera, what about you?
1: I, I obviously enjoyed it. I love any e- good Evil Dead movie, and this is a good Evil Dead movie. Um, it I think it does. Um, to your point, um, about the camp, I think it tries to bring that back in, and more so towards the end of the movie. So it's inconsistent with it. Mm-hmm. um and like army of darkness is in my top five favorite movies of all time oh, yeah I love army of darkness and it's very campy m- much more so than the first two um mm-hmm. in that like it's it's borderline horror comedy at this point oh yeah um, and especially because it's dated the one thing that i really disliked about it which is like an easter egg thing this that
0: she- or army of darkness
1: no this um okay I I don't dislike anything about Army of Darkness. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Just did not you're referring to.
1: <laughs> Um uh, but this one is that um and this is a very Easter egg thing but for the amount of time they spend in the parking garage, why no 73 Chevy? It's right. in <laughs> If you're <laughs> going to go I uh,
3: it's funny you say that cuz there were several times I'm like cuz I thought about that too. Because I'm yeah. like, you went the extra mile to have Henrietta's pizza right. on the pizza box.
2: Right. And the, right.
1: the tagline for Henrietta's pizza is like, come get some or something come like that. Come get some, like, yeah, yeah, is what it said. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's so funny, except that they didn't have it. But other than that, I I think that the um, Ellie, is that her name, the mom?
3: Elsie. L- Ellie, yeah. kind of
2: the
1: actress who plays her
3: is Sutherland,
2: she's the actress.
3: Yeah, Alyssa Sutherland made a fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. She was very good. She's, yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. hot. Amazing. Good and hot.
2: Yeah. Let's just <laughs> clarify. She, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has the perfect bullseye. Perfect could not have wished for better smile for yes. this mm, performance yes. because her face,
3: yeah, just her face for the oh, makeup and stuff was it looked really wonderful good,
2: wonderful because she is very lovely. When she is pre-deadite, yeah, but similar features, but the way she just sort of turns on that malevolence when she is in deadite form is so frightening. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she has an absolutely perfect face, perfect smile to perform this kind of role, where you have to kind of buy. The gentility and the the softer nature that she that is required of her in the first you know 20 minutes of the film but then once yeah. she's infected she just turns it to 11 and it is it is brilliant like yeah, she made, yeah, so she cool.
1: made her smile malevolent
3: i don't know how yeah. she does it yes. she 100 <laughs> yeah. carried the film and
2: made this movie what it is that's yeah, yeah. i mean sh- she's fantastic she's fantastic um And I I also
1: just like the change of scenery from, um, like, as much as I love a good cabin in the woods movie, um, I think. Yeah, making it more like I almost Mm -hmm. wish it was
3: slightly more modern to make it even Mm -hmm. just that much more different. I feel like making it like creepy, old, abandoned building was kind of.
2: Oh, sure. It made it a little too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
3: It's like. So, yeah, it's halfway there. But I. Yeah, I agree with that. One hundred percent.
2: Sure, sure. All Uh, I was gonna say is
0: your note note about I think, uh, yeah, Alyssa Sutherland. She uh, humorously, I saw this note in the IMDb stuff. Is she studied the mask? She said Jim Carrey's performance. Yeah,
2: I I saw an uh, um yeah an interview where she was saying that. Yeah, (laughs) that's wild. Yeah. Um, for my feelings on it, I feel I'm I'm kind of landing uh, about in between everybody. I'm kind of so I've seen every every Evil Dead film. I am maybe in the minority in this camp that my favorite iteration of the Evil Dead is the Ash versus Evil Dead TV series. That's that's peak for me. But I do appreciate all of the films. I don't think a bad film has been made. Each and every one of the Evil Dead films has mm-hmm. a quality that if you're if you're on board, you're you're kind of in on it. For me, the peak would probably be Dead by Dawn or Ash versus Evil Dead and then uh I really loved uh, as, as mentioned earlier, Fede Alvarez's sort of remake of the original. Really, really loved that. Mm-hmm. This one, for me, felt like it didn't quite go as far as that one went. I remember really being put back on my heels by how far that film was willing to go. Yes. Um, and I feel like this one kind of restrained itself a little bit. But at the same time, I did feel like it was scratching towards, like, I, I appreciated that they didn't mince on, like, Hey, uh, nobody's safe. Uh, like, OK, maybe maybe we're not going to uh, go full bore after little Cassie in terms of yeah, like it was the end yeah, it was the first but, evil
3: dead film that had children and mm-hmm. they ki- they killed all of them except for one. So,
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so there was just there was just a lot uh, that I admired about its boldness to sort of go there. It's a bleak vision for, you know, I mean, to 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 Nathan's point about like, what does it have on its mind? I don't know that I'll I don't know that I'll unpack something that it has tremendously on its mind, but I'll I'll point to a thing or a thing or two that um, I think it is interested in. But at the same time, I feel like uh, it is supremely bleak and grim, which I feel like. These films need to go to that extent for them to yes. work like it can't mm-hmm. it, it, the 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 other path they could take is just to sort of embrace the silly camp, as we've already talked about with Army of Darkness, like if you embrace silly camp that also works with this template. But if you're not going to, which this film definitely does not, then you have to be willing to edge towards transgressive and uh, go full bore into transgressive where possible. Um, and I feel like this film maybe doesn't go as far as previous iterations have gone. But but for me, I, I really kind of enjoyed that. My overall affection for the film, I think, is hindered by the fact that I went to see it in the theater, was super jazzed for it, saw it with a buddy. And then right in the scene where mommy is out in the hallway and little Cassie is looking through the um, peephole, uh, the fire alarm went off inside uh, the theater. Oh Our no. movie experience was uh, stopped. That's the worst <laughs> and, uh, setting. And so uh, we yeah, they, they they weren't able to readmit us. So I had to then wait to rewatch the rest of the film. And uh, and all the energy was kind of diffused from that a little bit that not not yeah. the fault of the film. But I think that's part of uh, part of why my engagement with this isn't quite as strong. But I feel like uh, Vera, maybe you said it best, like, this is a good Evil Dead movie. Is, is it a great film on its merits? And d- does it? you know, push the boundaries elsewhere. That's debatable. Uh, but it's a, it's a solid evil dead movie. Um, that's, that's the way I feel about yeah, it. I think seeing it, like uh,
1: I I also saw it in theaters. I think, did everybody say they saw it in theaters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It. I saw yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, half of it. Um, I saw it when I was in, in Italy. <laughs> I saw it the first time. Ooh. Um, but uh, I think that it's the type of movie that really benefits from a big screen viewing with yeah. the sound Agreed. system and all of that.
0: And for a while, you, yeah because of that screening, you thought it was called Evil Dead Arise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Evil Dead Arise. Uh, But you know, guys, Evil Dead Arise. It's
2: me.
1: Campbell, exactly. How did Bruce you Campbell, Campbell, also watch it in Italian? How are you getting this so accurate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same if you don't hear it in the original Italian.
3: <laughs> and without, you got to have the hand, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have the it
0: hand. Uh, it's a camera <laughs> for the evil eyes. And, you know, lest we forget, we are a horror show. So manager, yes, <laughs> 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 If oh, it's a gory, man. if it's a gross, if it causes you a fright. It's time for the part of the show we call a bad and right. <laughs> that ain't right, it ain't right, nothing right about it. No, it ain't, right, no, ain't right, no, that ain't right.
3: It sure is it ain't right. It sure is right. it ain't sure right. That ain't right. That, that ain't right. right.
2: That sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> As a man married to an Italian, I'm so offended. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, what oh. are you gonna do? It's <laughs> like I love how every Italian is like Mario. <laughs> like that's the and that's suddenly the, Mario. Yeah, it's just that's the that's the vision. You know, you either go Tony Soprano or Mario. That's that's, that's Italian in culture. Oh God. Um, all right, Vera. Mm. Yes, give us your that that's ain't right bun. That um, For my
1: that ain't right. I'm gonna go with
2: there cheese so grater many. to the leg. Mm. Oh what? God! Ugh. The <laughs> cheese grater was good. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't quote. I can't quote it the way that I wrote it because, but I, but I said the word because my son's in the room, so I can't quote it the way I wrote it. But I, I wrote down the effing cheese grater, like on the th- <laughs> like. I put like, all caps yes.
3: in my notes. Cheese grater.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. It's just- all the yes.
1: That's, yeah it does no that's it no more needs to be said cheese grater
2: yep yep the cheese grater the cheese grater uh jose hit us with your uppermost that ain't right we may do a couple of rounds of this we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. but hit, hit us with hit us with one that you're like this ain't right
3: probably the scene where let me remember which which kid i'm trying to remember which kid <laughs> it was. um
2: I did write Bridget. these down. It's Bridget, Danny, and Cassie. Yeah. Okay, Bridget. So Bridget.
3: So Bridget is the one who does the protest. So dead-eyed Bridget yes. chewing on the glass, and oh, then seeing yeah. seeing the glass like in her throat, mm-hmm. like poking. Yeah. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. That's what? so gross. <laughs> That's so gross. Oh my god. Oh, it's so nasty. Okay, Nathan, go. What's what's your number one? Well, you know. Just say mentioned the
0: chomping on, chomping on broken glass scene. Uh so I won't reference that <laughs> one, but
3: um <laughs> I gotta kill the creepy crawlies I got inside my tummy. Oh my god, so <laughs> sick. <laughs>
0: you, know, <Ugh. laughs> uh, you know, there is a lot. Pick there's one. a lot of there's a lot I'm leaving on the table. I guess if I had to like something that is just a a summary is mommy's with the maggots now. Oh my god. I mean, it's just it's performance, it's the foreboding, it's just this terrible, ominous, you know, sense that oh my god. And and what's already been said, just the transgressive nature of of losing kids, you're like, uh yeah. uh, I'm not happy. Um so yeah, mommy's with the maggots now and just all that that represents. Reed, what about you? No, Jim. You already go? No, no you want.
2: I did not. I did not listen. Okay. Listen, listen, y'all. I'm. Uh, uh, everything that's been said has is is appropriate. It's it's completely all of it ain't right. Ain't nobody said the Ellie Bridget Danny globular hybrid oh, monster. Uh, like, uh,
0: <laughs> I'd <block laughs> like, it out. Just, I'd block it out.
2: Yeah. It's just when it comes lurking out of the fog in the middle of the yeah. garage and it's just like. My and my nose, I wish we could just... have
3: seen... I wish we could have seen it more.
2: No. Like in a big, no. full... Like, like yes. no, no, so, spotlight sorry. on it or something. Pass, oh, my yes. God. I feel <laughs> like that was
3: funding and trying... Usually in an effort... This is speaking from the CGI, like, that world of things. When they cover it up with a dense amount of fog and things, it's because... And kind of shadow it. It's because of funding reasons. So that... Mm, co- mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed... For that reason. Because it was like, oh you're kind of cheaping out a little bit. But just to just hinting
2: at it, hinting at all the different places that that arms and legs and hands are. I liked knowing
3: the connections where it might go in the future because there's three books, right? So knowing that if this is where they continue to kind of go with the future of this franchise, then each page could essentially be its own kind of dead like creature, right? So they could make oh. all kinds of really creepy cool
1: stuff. I don't know.
3: Well, this one that's has awesome.
1: a, an official name. It's called like I keep calling it the Rat King because it reminds me of the Rat King. But um it's mm. called the Marauder. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, mo- the yeah. monster. Oh. The monster That's
0: is right. called the Marauder. Well, Reed, to mm-hmm. your point, I mean, the the birth of the Marauder in the hallway is just utterly repulsive. Um I did yeah. how I termed it in my notes is the family that meets together meets M E A T S M E A T S.
2: Ah, so gross, so gross. I have to I have to cite one more kind of honorable mention only because it pivots to a Simpsons that... joke that I really love. Okay. Go ahead. I I just thought when uh when the elevator opened up and the blood comes pouring out, I heard Mr. Burns in my head say, hmm, usually the blood gets off at the second floor. <laughs> I got that reference. Got it. Uh, when we had Reed, mentioned
3: a- The Shining earlier about The Shining references yes. and talking about your son in Red Rum, I immediately thought of this scene in the movie, because it's clearly a Shining reference, like oh, the blood yes. spilling yeah. out of the elevator. Yeah.
2: 100%. One hundred.
0: you want to start one more go-round?
2: Uh, we can do that. Yes, yes. Go ahead. I'll I'll make that one. I'll make that one mine to defer. Okay. So, like, yeah, blood elevator. <laughs> uh, All right. Going in reverse order, Vera. I think I think you were next.
1: Sure. Um, I'm gonna go with the massacre in the hallway. Um, that they watch through the mm. people. Mm. Um, so the little kid getting thrown against the wall. The just neighbors getting destroyed, and then she pops up in her eye mm-hmm. in the peephole.
0: Oh, I love that scene. Like, yeah, it like so I thought, good. I thought that was a very deft way to do that. That you know, kind of signaled some something smart there. Um, Great
3: use of the of the location. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is tough. Again, I think I think sometimes what is spoken by creepy characters is almost as disgusting and wicked as what's actually perpetrated by them. It's not a Evil
3: Dead movie without it
0: sure and and just vera the, can attest the, to that i think <laughs> well <laughs> for this instance it was a perfect day and all i could think about was how i wanted to cut you all open and climb inside your body so we could stay one happy family oh my god wow she's <laughs> making blood eggs
3: also I so was, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yes. sure yeah sure
0: vera <laughs> All right, Jesse, uh, end the round.
2: Uh, okay, what say the I'm last surprised one you point no to?
3: one, this is what I thought Reed was going to <clears> say. And <throat> no, I'm surprised no one said it yet, but the tattoo gun to the face. Oh,
2: right there in the, uh, yeah. Ooh. And
3: this is where, again, disappointed, you had it right on the eyeball and you didn't go for it. Mm. You didn't go for oh. it because guess what? In Evil Dead, the remake, they went for it. And in this one, right in the eye, they could have. But they chose to kind of drag it across her face. And I think part of it was like to say like, oh, a child. But you ended up killing them anyway. So like, I don't know. But (laughs) that's
2: true. Like, no, that's quite. Yeah, that
3: that was very difficult to watch. And as someone I don't does every who has tattoos. I know, Reed, you have. Okay, I was going to say, like, now I've gotten three different tattoos. And so I was, you know, after you've actually felt what that's like. And seeing how far the needle was going in to the skin. Oh, it's awful. Just imagine. Yes. Yeah, just imagining. But again, that crazy part of me is thinking like prosthetics and like, how did they, you know?
0: <laughs> yes, I get it. I, just I get it.
3: Thinking about how they achieved it. I don't know. It's gross. But I, awesome. feel,
0: I feel, feel like I need to. It's 1030 on a. Tuesday evening, I feel like I need to go get a tattoo and join the club. Um, <laughs> yes, That uh, was the only uh, one who did Let's do after, it.
3: After,
0: after two rounds of that, I just got to ask listeners Did you squirm? Did you wince? <laughs> did you squint your eyes real tight? It was probably because of what we round here call,
1: That
2: ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. Questo non è giusto. Questo non è giusto. So one thing that one thing that I have to mention Linguini. that I thought was really. Oh, no. <laughs> Linguini.
1: <laughs> He's stuck.
2: Are we going to just rattle through all these pastas like penne, bow tie? Arigatone. <laughs> Arigatone. <laughs> um, mozzarella.
3: Italian what? viewers, don't get angry, please. Yeah, this this might be a hate crime at this point. <laughs> <I> no
2: <know. laughs> <It's laughs> like, Don't kill us. It's like. Never, mm-hmm. never make fun of other cultures. Italians, fair game. <laughs> so, um, I will say, what was it? I think, I think one time on the show we were like being ultra sensitive during our, oh, it was during our foreign film, international films. We were being very sensitive to like the Koreans and everything. We went, got to the French film and then we were all like, oh, oh, oh <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just
1: completely
2: like, okay, who cares? <laughs> well, they asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I will say that, like, so there's one kind of trivial thing that I want to mention. It's not trivia, but one kind of interesting thing. I love this because of how much this trope has frustrated me in the past. I get very annoyed when a film, uh, its opening teaser is like two thirds of the way through the film. They will tease you pre title card with like something that happens, you know, an hour into the runtime. That trope really aggravates me. I don't, me I don't too. know why, but I, I, I don't like it. Just if you don't trust your story, then retool your beginning. Do, do something a little different. It feels, uh, cheap to me to try to do that. What I liked about this is what you feel like is merely an opening sort of salvo is actually the sequel pitch. Like this is, this is the ending of the film. This is because. Mm-hmm. When we get to the actual end and you see that Jessica the
3: connection has been yeah. taken,
2: yeah, it's like it, it makes your mind go back to, oh, so we were actually they were actually showing us where this is all going to spread out to from here. I mean, who knows where they'll go in a sequel, but I found that invigorating. I was like, that's clever because it was a very confined little opening teaser. And then you dive right into the film. But I really loved that that that, that sort of bit. But one thing that I think is kind of interesting, Nathan, you had mentioned earlier, and I'm 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 truly not beating up on you. I I I I don't mm. feel this is obvious. I don't feel this is text. I don't feel this is necessarily uh, very explicit in the film, in a film that is very explicit in many other ways. But it, I found it interesting how many times in the story they hinted on a couple of different things. One was motherhood, which comes up. All over this, like th- mm-hmm. this film is very interested in motherhood um, mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, which I find very, very interesting. The other thing to a f- a lesser degree was abandonment. The idea of being left in the lurch, left all alone, isolated it is interesting that most of the time the Evil Dead films take place in a cabin in the woods in a sense of isolation. This one is in the middle of presumably at least a suburban, if not urban location. But there's a lot of puzzle pieces where characters, you know, the family has been abandoned by their uh, by their dad. Uh, the the Beth abandoned her sister throughout her time of going through this divorce and the loss of her relationship. And then they the these people in this hallway are kind of cut off. I found those things really really interesting, uh, particularly digging into the motherhood aspect of it. I found it fascinating. This is really looking at it just sort of the arc of the narrative it's really beth's story it's it's beth's journey we we start with her past the opener i'm 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 not ignoring the opener but past the opener we start with beth learning that she's gonna that she's pregnant and trying to cope with what choices she has ahead of her and what she's going to do uh in the wake of this and she retreats to her sister just uh, completely unaware of what her sister's been going through but Mm -hmm. then it proceeds uh, you cited this and that ain't right nathan but little touches like mommy's with the maggots now Uh, Mm -hmm. but then when she says when Cass says that she's going to be a great mom someday she says it's because you know how to lie to kids and that was a great line yeah oh man it's it's just the relationship that this film has with motherhood is fascinating to me. It was just really interesting. I don't I don't have a pithy sort of but oh oh you I, I see that hand. Yes. Nathan. Like the Go ahead. both
0: you know we are very well equipped read to talk about motherhood. But um I, I think <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in my ever so slight defense, what I wasn't suggesting earlier is that it had nothing on its mind as much as from a narrative standpoint it moves pretty briskly. You know it's it isn't sure it doesn't yeah. like yeah dig deep, camp out like let's just really hash all these things out. You know, I will I will point to what occasional and probably soon-to-be upcoming guest Brandon Grafius talks about in his book, Lurking Under the Surface, <laughs> I am a smarty, um, is there's also just this kind of moralism at play here, because what, what actually is pretty, to me, heartbreaking about Evil Dead Rise, in, in a real tragedy sense, is like, Ellie does nothing wrong. She is not a character who has transgressed in any way whatsoever. And yet her whole family. And so I really wrestled with trying to figure out, you know, what, what is sort of at work here. And, you know, I I was actually tempted to make kind of a joke about it, but like, and, and, and maybe I'll, uh, uh, by way of getting into the sort of serious thought, like the, the great reference, the moralism of some of these stories we, we engage like Dan bless his heart. Holy cow, man. He is like cautionary tale on Danny, the son on don't yeah. be a dummy. You know, Can I make and a comment
3: like, on Danny really quick. Um, sure. something I really appreciated about this movie that not a lot of people talk about is the inclusion of a trans child. That is yes. something mm-hmm. that I wish was more in the media because mm. it is more common than people think. and, mm-hmm. I appreciate that not only with him, but just all of the kids kind of, you could clearly see, even though like you said, they didn't really, Nathan said you, they didn't, you know, you're not lingering on everything a whole lot to get to know them very, very well. But um, yeah, just the inclusion of the trans son in particular, Danny, I, I appreciated that. Um, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's a fantastic sort of note and inclusion there. And generally speaking, Ellie's family, mm-hmm. that's, his very bohemian sort of, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, vibe and aesthetic. And, and, and no, I, I really appreciate that too, as well. Just to say, I think for me, the, the, the sort of humorous, but also serious bit about Danny just being like, Oh my gosh, dude, like, stop, stop, stop. It, it you know, that, that sort of joke of like when you're in college and, I might have failed a class in college FYI. It's because I overslept one too many times for an English (laughs) class. But I remember at the time making the joke that sort of this funny cultural sort of moment when you tell your parents like oh no i got someone pregnant or or you know if if you're a person who, oh i got pregnant it's like what like no no, i'm just kidding i just failed a class i may or it's may like, not have
3: triggered demons yeah, Oops. sure sure right right it's like <laughs> oh by the
0: way i got someone pregnant what did you do Danny? i'm just kidding all i did was just like unlock a door to hell in our world and we're all gonna get <laughs> taken here you know it's like bless his heart it, and and so to this note of just these unforced errors now this movie explodes it absolutely in in sometimes mm-hmm. literal fashion but these mm-hmm. unforced errors that we can exercise and and to this note about the moralism here of just like doing something outside the bounds you know he sort of transgresses in in descending into this thing keeps pressing in and it is uh, i remember watching in the theater and just when bridget gets taken it's like Uh oh! (laughs) This is not sort of what I thought was going to happen. That's okay. I I can handle it, you know. (laughs) And then Danny gets taken. You are like, please God, please don't (laughs) let them take Cassie.
3: You know the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the way they took L was very reminiscent to me of the original Evil Dead, and I Mm -hmm. thought it was very, very well done. Um, And this is something that. I don't know if I'm allowed to get on that soapbox at some point about how uh the many like things that are connected that are
1: used oh, it, in it, other it Evil Dead movies. Parallel Cheryl. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: so very clearly and so this is the one that I appreciated though. It is a subtle the elevator scene was a very subtle way of mimicking that original tree branch iconic yeah,
2: sure. scene absolutely. that
3: If you've seen it, you know, right. Um, (laughs) Indeed. But I, I thought it was very well done in that they did it in a different way. Again, great use of the um, apartment buildings and such, but you know, paying uh, uh, homage or homage to previous works, but doing it in a different way. This, this one, I really appreciate it, but I thought, yeah, that, that scene was very well done. I think.
1: And it's, it's It's, uh, to somebody who's innocent as well. Like, Cheryl in the Mm -hmm. original has, Mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't really want to be there. She hasn't done anything to transgress. She's just attacked by, by the evil and the the same thing with Ellie. She just gets in the elevator and that's how it, the demon don't care. Yeah. Mm -mm. demon don't care. Mm -mm. And they, that's, that's (laughs) typically what they go after, right? Is they, yes. The innocent, the the innocent.
2: mm -hmm. And I think too, the, the thing that fascinates me it's a little hard to enter into the subject. So because I'm observing something Mm. that I can imagine as an outsider by outsider, I mean, just as a male, um, Mm -hmm. this, this is, you know, the, so, so Danny is a, is a transgender man. So I don't mean, uh, with my next statement to, to accidentally exclude Danny from this qualification, but this film feels saturated with what we're kind of scratching at, which is the ways in which, Aggressive senses of violence and control push themselves upon the women in this story, and uh, we keep making the point that they they've done nothing to invite it. They've done nothing to say. You know, they've they've not done the stupid thing, Danny. To to the point, I think you were making, uh, Nathan. The worst he is is uh, a bit aggressively <laughs> curious. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is it. the The worst he has done is be curious about a thing that i'm gonna be honest uh if something near my household opened up and i could see into it i'd be like what what is that down there i can't say that i wouldn't like i know it's down there a
3: jesus a jesus jump scare
2: yeah there is a jesus jump scare in this the crucifix (laughs) just comes right out the screen um but uh and and that's another thing that we probably don't have time for. But there's there's more religious imagery it feels in this installment than there has been in oh, yeah. previous iterations. Mm-hmm. Lots of crosses, uh, lots lots of references to to congregations and and I want to see that sort of that
3: movie that the recording was made from made into mm. a movie. I want to yes. see that. That's where the, the that original be... Campbell cameo is. By the way, in this one, Ex- yeah, he's the yeah. one who's yelling, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, he's one of the voices on
2: the. Voices on the yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one of the voices on the record. Um, but, But 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 back to the point of just that is something that as an outsider. So speaking as an outsider, it's something that I am trying my best to be sensitive to in language, in understanding certain dynamics, because I feel like there's basically social paradigms right now, which would I'll say it bluntly so as not to be obtuse which would seek to hold women accountable for things they did not invite and are not in control over. Of course, there's lots of ways that you could talk about this. You could talk about reproductive rights. You could talk about autonomy, Uh, uh, even something uh, getting way back. It it feels like some ways we're going back to whether or not they have the right to vote, it it feels in some political language that sometimes arises. Um, And that is alarming to me. I don't necessarily I'm not positioning that Evil Dead Rise was like, we're going to make a screed about the uh, oppression of women and make it basically the Evil Dead version of Handmaid's Tale. I'm I'm not proposing that, but the more that I saw these sort of touch points repeated, the motherhood language, uh, the population of women that are in this story, um, it just felt to me like that was a substantive thing on its mind that it was exploring using the relentless, bleak, grim Uh, sort of surrogate of this deadite demon-infected thing uh, Mm -hmm. to examine and exhibit the ways in which, yeah, just, I mean, they're put upon from, before the book ever even gets opened, they're put upon by the fact that the the family father has left, has just completely left them in the lurch. And this is not to say that Ellie's not completely capable. Clearly, she's kind of held it together, but then their building is condemned they're gonna to have to move like mm-hmm. all of these things keep being thrust upon them that put them into a setback position and then on top of it all it's like man I could deal I could deal with the abandonment and condemned building but now I got demons running all through me
3: <laughs> <laughs> and also the um she's such back <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> right. such a wonderful you know that she's a wonderful mother in spite of what she has been through because sure. she clearly is following what she loves with the, you know, the hobby of tattooing and things like that. Sure. But, you know, she's allowing her daughter to be creative, you know, Stephanie. And um, and then <laughs> the other daughter who goes and does protest. And then Danny with his DJing. And he has the whole, mm-hmm. the whole bit. Like all of the oh, equipment. Yeah. So she 100% supports her children in what they want to do. Um, right. And I appreciated that mm-hmm. as well.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I also agree that this is what the movie has most heavily on its mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that the last thing that Ellie says when she's still alive is that it's a plea to protect her children to her Mm -hmm. sister. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that just reiterates to what you just said um, in that she is a loving mother and she loves what's best for her kids and obviously survival is what's best for them and then um her sister is unsure of what to do with the the pregnancy for most of or for the for first part of the movie um and then um there's a point later on i think it's when cassie asks so she's like you're gonna be a mom and she says yeah right so she's Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. moment has made a decision um yeah and i i also the maybe a metaphor of the perversion of motherhood that the marauder is because mm. while mm. most mothers want what's best for their kids and most mothers you know are are trying to do things um that will help their children to be successful there is the type of motherhood that um sees children as an extension of yourself
2: Ooh, and interesting.
1: And
3: it's like a um, worser version of a helicopter parent. What's worse than a helicopter parent? A marauder.
1: Yeah, a marauder. <laughs> exactly. They have <laughs> become like, part of you, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cho- children should be given space to, like yes, um, Ellie does at the beginning, to be their own people, right? Mm-hmm. To foster mm-hmm. their interests and the things that they love. Um, and not just to, you know, further yourself and your pride and what you think should be done right and i think that the marauder is Mm. sort of the twisted example of motherhood um where they Mm. become like one with her um and it's abhorrent but it is an extension of her yeah and the
3: kids are very self-sufficient because i remember at one point one of the the older daughter had been like where's this and she goes well you know where it's at like do it yourself you know right
0: yeah well and sort of a note on some of what Everybody's saying, but, but in following the specific threads of the story, like even the fact that it's played for triumphalism and narrative victory, but it's, it's utterly tragic that Beth is forced to destroy her mm-hmm. sister yeah. and, and niece and yeah. nephew. And, and, yeah. you know, the, yeah. that, that, and that, that's sort of what I meant in trying to suggest the movie isn't really mindful of some of that stuff like like you know the the schlock factor in in that particular bullet point is the primary driver not let's really dwell on what's actually happening here but yeah it's something i would agree i think about these days like by no means at all am i saying people not of a particular identity shouldn't tell stories of a different identity than theirs but i'm almost interested in the evil dead rise that's directed by written and directed by a woman uh because i Mm. just think this movie has such a positively feminist bent but on a certain level doesn't know quite how well to to dig and dive in on that and i think about if anyone's Mm. watching it i I don't really care to spoil any but it i really go deep on it but like True Detective, right now by Issa Lopez, who did Tigers on oh, a Afraid that we so covered good. on the show previously. Yeah. And, and I it's need just, to watch
3: that. Uh, well, and it's just clear <laughs> as you read go. I've heard so many good things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not here to tell you it's going to revolutionize anything for you other than it's just a really, really solid, creepy tale with <laughs> this very thoughtful. Uh, the production's fantastic. The performances are fantastic. And it's mm-hmm. clearly got. Um, it's clearly someone who understands these characters writing them in a way mm-hmm. that if it were, and, and and at risk of being reductive, if it were a dude, I don't know you'd quite get the depth in this case. Now, my counterpoint to this is someone like a Lindelof with Watchmen, but Lindelof, if we're talking about creators and how deep they go into ways and patterns of thinking and and you know, societal representation that isn't them. Lindelof very intentionally went out of his way to populate a writer's room with people who aren't him in order to fashion stories that mm-hmm. aren't representative of his sort of mm-hmm. identity. But that's the point I'm making is just, I, I actually, as I said an hour ago, my my opinion has not changed now. I really, on a just horror level, thoroughly enjoy Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. I think as a, what we typically do around here, it, it narrowly kind of misses the mark of, man, it's all right there. And actually what's right there is for me solid. It would have been interesting, but a little more digging in in, in some places to really figure out some of this stuff. But can
3: I kind again, of piggy I, piggyback off of what you said? So yeah, I, I agree very much with, I think there could have been a lot more done in the writer's room. And I kind of hinted at this earlier, but I feel like I'm going to try to blast through it really fast because I don't want to linger on it too long. But the amount of things that were like came from other Evil Dead movies. Okay, mm. so mm-hmm. that this is one of the areas where we had talked about the elevator scene. But I thought that that was well done. It was a more subtle mm-hmm. homage. Um, but there was specifically a kill that was straight up just jacked from Evil Dead Two, with the eyeball <laughs> eating the eyeball, spitting it out. Another person chokes on it; they die. Straight up jacked yeah. from Evil Dead Two. Why? If you've already seen it, it's like, that's cool, but you couldn't have done it in any different way. Like that, again, like these are the things, because I have seen the other films, it kind of took me out of it because I'm like, oh, like I was hoping for something different seeing this movie. And there was a lot of things that were different, but that bothered me. There was also in the very beginning, her, um, the Wuthering Heights portion where she is speaking Mm -hmm. that is a callback to what i think it's a card game the card card game game. that's a callback to that so that was yet another thing that was kind of a reuse of or an homage and it just got uh, so it kind of got to this point for me where i'm like okay how many things are going to be oh homages or things from other movies and not just you're making your own and i feel like there were there were things that were but there was like a 50 50 amount for me that of like cool, creative new cheese grater <laughs> and then <laughs> cheese grater. Yeah. And <laughs> then stuff that was re reused. Like if we had more scenes like the bathtub scene, for example, that was mm. fantastic. Yeah, um really They were like, she, you know, she's heating up. She's burning up. We got to put her in the water and seeing the water boil. And then she, you know, she kind of crawls everywhere and then she falls back in and then she's slowly crawling out. And you can see the steam just kind of rising off the bathtub. Like more of that, please. That's kind yeah. of what I was kind of wanting. So if they had I wish they had focused more on creative new and then maybe like kind of Nathan was saying, and you were saying, Reed, about the, you know, more of the f- deeper focus on character points. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like um I agree that, that made, I think that yeah. the
1: the themes that may have um appeared earlier in the movie are mm-hmm. dropped at the end in favor of the boomstick, the chainsaw and the wood chipper. Yeah, that yeah, too. That's a good point. I was gonna say I yeah. didn't
3: even mention those, and there was a lot of times that they had the, um, of course, the swallow your soul, dead by dawn, the um, mm-hmm. no things vomit. that, yeah, the vomit, like obligatory. Some things are kind of like obligatory, must needs for an evil dead movie, but arguably, like I had originally said, like some of these things, I'm like, you could have done it mm-hmm. different. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was kind of.
0: Well, to you your know. point, Jose, and granted, I feel like my, I, I like, I came in with like a health meter and with everything you're, you're noting my health meter. No, 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 no. Because like, in your defense, am, but. <laughs> in your defense, I think, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. as someone who just doesn't have that lexicon at the ready, like yeah. I did find it inventive and new, but I can see exactly what you're saying, which is when there's like, Some new cool set pieces, but a lot of it feels borrowed. It reminds me a lot. This is this. um, Hopefully, this makes sense. It's the I've got a bad feeling about this in Star Wars. It's like you, you Harrison Ford delivers this this one time, or whoever the heck said it the very first time. uh, And it's like, really, you you made some random choice to literally just do this in every movie now, and now it literally (laughs) means nothing. You know,
2: like that is how I was going to make
1: a Star Wars reference. I was going to say it's very, it's, it's yeah. Feels episode seven. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Which is I, and I feel
0: like Force that, awakens. Well, that's, Force I will of, say, right, four out one, Ryan Johnson. He at least got inventive with it.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Reed, go ahead. <laughs> it's, no, uh, I, I think this is right. And I think maybe my last statement, and then we can go to our, to our fog meter. Um, I think for me, this is where it comes to that. Maybe with a little bit less, uh, sanctity around the rest of the franchise, uh, sanctity, meaning like, oh, we we feel like we have to include this reference. We have to include this reference. There was a lot here that I feel like maybe this this is not taking anything away from Lee Cronin. I love the hole in the ground. I really enjoyed Evil Dead Rise. I think Lee Cronin's a great director, great writer director. Um, but there were some very specific themes in this that maybe to your point, Nathan, maybe uh, a, a female voice behind the behind the the camera, uh, or maybe some other aspect would have been able to zone in on those elements and and diminished the we need to include a bunch of uh call-out references we need to include a bunch of these popcorns to kind of keep butts in seats and explore those a little bit more because there's so much imagery that feels like it is interested in i keep coming back to this motherhood thing the very fact that what's she throwing into the to the pan she's throwing eggs uh there's 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 all these little touches of things uh when jose you mentioned the bathtub scene this is the first time I thought about it was while you were describing it, but I was like, "It's a it's a form of rebirth when she's coming up out of the yeah, out of the water like yeah
3: fantastic glimmers of what it could have risen to, but Absolutely. then you have the yes. the well, that doesn't ride. the garage clicker oh oh that's gonna come up later oh I see a wood chipper in the <laughs> garage I wonder if we're gonna see that later um lots yes. of Yes. There was, they did that a lot of times too, where it was, they like, yeah. look, I hear something in the vents. Oh yeah. There's a cat up there. That's going to come up later. Like there were <laughs> <Right>. several <laughs> of those, <laughs> those that kind of bugged me too. So sure. What's yeah, well, kind like, of, I mean,
0: it told you in the teaser, Jose, this opening teaser, you just should have known, well, this teaser is going to come up later. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It
0: does. <laughs> I, I, appreciate,
1: I appreciate setups. And and yeah. Evil Dead is is really great for that. Like even in um, Ash versus Evil Dead, like let's not forget, uh, is it the puppet episode with the the oh my god hospital pan? And you're like, that's coming up later. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh not it's, it's the something
1: fight. that the this franchise loves to do is set something up and pay it off.
2: Mm. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, but I think, I, I think overall that just, they, uh, it's solid, I think to a degree, but there's some interesting things in its DNA that I mm-hmm. wish it had given a little bit more time, attention and room to that, uh, that perhaps could have made it truly great, um, uh, instead of merely very good slash solid, whatever, uh, descriptor you want to use there. Um, Well, this feels like an appropriate moment to pivot to our fog meter, our very distinct metric for how we uh, rate the material, the media that we cover, uh, that of fear and God. Now, this fog meter does not grade the quality of the films. It grades the gravity of them, their heft, what they demand of you as an audience member. And we do that with two measurements, fear, which is uh, scary, gory, gross, uh, nightmarish, and then God, which we used to determine how thoughtful, substantive, or uh, what does it have on its mind and how well does it get there? Um, so, uh, Nathan, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate? Give me your fear measurement and your God measurement from zero to ten.
0: Um, I think for the fear, I'm going to go with an eight. I think once things start to get nuts uh, and Ellie has been taken, that that's central <clears throat> 30 minutes or so is it to me is truly harrowing w- whatever it may point to outside of itself or not like i, I think i didn't even reference but the the, the just heart aching conversation between cassie and the mom outside the door you know there's yeah. there's a pretty wicked moment that that is you know used often in these types of stories but when danny and cassie are walking towards the foreground and bridget in blood-stained sheet kind of enters the frame and they don't know. Anyway, so I think that center half hour is so strong. I think the opening set piece is is strong even with some of the things that might be, you know, outside of that. Yeah, fear, and eight. As far as God goes, I think that um, I'm going to give it a six. I think it thinks it has a lot more depth on its mind than it really does but i do think it does have stuff on its mind it just doesn't quite know how to interrogate those things in a way that are moving or really drive home the emotionality that could be there um you know because by the end of it i feel bad for the loss of the characters but not because the characters in the movie feel bad for the loss of the characters
2: just because you're like mm, oh this is so tragic um Mm. like how i said that yeah (laughs) sure exactly (laughs) Eight and six. Okay, cool. Eight and six. Uh Vera, go ahead and give me both measurements fear and God. How would you determine?
1: Uh, I'm going to for fear give it a seven. Um, for okay. all the reasons that um Nathan just stated. Um f- I think a lot of the stuff with Ellie is truly terrifying and she's so good mm-hmm. and really really sells the evil in the movie. And I appreciate her for that. But dinging it just a little bit because of the things that Jose said in regard to just the recycled uh, evil dead elements that I I like, but it it's not scary because I expect it.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and what would you give it for God, Vera?
1: Oh, yeah, we do too. Huh. Fear and God. That's the name of the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for God, I'm going to give it a five um, because I think that it has – something on its mind but i'm dinging it five points for poor execution
2: Mm -hmm. um i'm not too far a field of you guys i will land at an eight on the fear measurement i think there's a lot of gnarly here that can be appreciated for fans of gory extremities i like that it was willing to get uh, a bit transgressive even if it is a bit recycling uh so I'm, i'm gonna join on the eight there for that uh for God, yeah, I, uh, Vera, I think for me, Five feels right as well. There's some really interesting things that are kind of in the DNA, but they keep getting pushed out by deadite venom you know like they (laughs) they keep getting like (laughs) oh they want to creep through but they but they don't like they're like sneaking
1: back away from that vomit puddle they're like "Mm," yeah (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah um and and i feel like maybe a a second pass a second draft a second attempt at telling this kind of story exploring these same themes might have delivered something a little bit more substantive uh for for my money so i'm going to give it a five on the god meter um jose uh bring us home give us a you can rate it on its fear and uh its substance or what we call the god meter.
3: So don't know if I'm liked enough to come back. We'll see. Um I find <laughs> I find that and you guys will find that it is very hard to as as far as a fear scale goes, I'm mm-hmm. always going to be lower than most because it's hard to get me, I think. Fair enough. Um And I think like typical things like jump scares or stuff that are overused isn't as effective as it is for other people. I'd say I give it like a six. So this kind of goes along with the whole conversation of you know some greats and some reused. I think that's that's kind of affecting it, and it would have some of these things would have been more effective had I not had it not happened before, and that was kind of going on in my mind and i was making those connections during those scenes versus just seeing it and going oh wow that's creepy you know what i mean um so that definitely affected it for sure but there was still definitely some of those scenes that were truly creepy and and horrifying um and what gets me is the subtle stuff like oh i wrapped her up just in case and then they're walking down the hallway And you see her in the body bag, in a shadow, in the background. No sound. You can't hear Mm -hmm. at all. The characters are talking, but you see it in the background, in the hall. That is the stuff that I love. It's not in your face. It's not saying, oh, this is going to happen later. It's not going, oh, in your face, like yelling and screaming and blood the kind of subtlety the psychological that stuff Mm -hmm. for me personally is like more effective so for that i give it a six on the fear um for the god scale i would i agree with the five um just like everything i was saying before it's kind of like you're like ah oh eh, oh but like kind of the whole you know just when you get excited and you're like yeah and then i don't know i hope that you know future parts of the franchise. I still, like I said earlier, I would love to see that spinoff of where the record came from with mm-hmm. like them doing the reading from the book and then seeing the evil come alive in the I think they said they were in a cathedral or something. Like, how cool would yes. that be? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that would be a really sick and also it'd be an excuse to see Bruce Campbell again, which we're not going to complain about. Um, that's completely <laughs> so, true. yes, you know, so. I would love to see that on a on a side note but um yeah I agree with the 5 for God for all of the all right. reasons stated stated before basically okay. mm-hmm.
2: yeah no 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 absolutely uh so that means that we give uh collectively uh a 6 out of 10 on the fog meter uh which is uh yeah that's a the, the, that's a decent uh, sort of gravity showing and uh, to your point Jose this made uh a boatload of money it was very very successful oh, yes. and so it was uh I, I i can almost guarantee we will see another iteration of evil dead uh to to come alive again uh, in the future yeah, bruce campbell um, said
1: every 10 years or so is what he yeah uh-huh.
2: <laughs> something something's going to emerge no he said um, two to
3: three years not 10 years we're gonna milk said. it like our milky vomit <laughs> <laughs>
2: Indeed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, uh, I think I think listeners who have been with us this far can kind of understand c- kind of where we're coming from with this film. I think a general note and anybody can tell me if they disagree. I think a general note is we all think this film is uh, at least OK, uh, maybe even moments that are that are really good to great. Uh, so you can take that for what you will in terms of whether or not you should see it. So, so I've had a whole lot of fun in this conversation. I hope you all have as well, listeners. I hope you guys have well. Vera, thank you so much for uh, for being with us again. Uh, Jose, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, and thank you. For, you're uh, welcome.
1: Uh, it's all nice the all you. of your wonderful thoughts. Yeah,
2: it was really really fun. This was a blast. Nathan, thank you as always. Uh, next week, listeners, we're gonna be, uh, going to be going to taking another curve boy last week was cocaine bear then we're back to evil dead rise and next week just uh, to get ready for another one because if scheduling goes (laughs) according to plan we're going to be talking about episode four of the fall of the house of usher and reading the short story the black cat that's all for the patrons for everybody else we're going to be talking about a film called Skinamarink, which is uh it is very if you've seen it (laughs)
3: I was thinking that too. I'm not the only one. T- I taught if pre-K you, for four years. I'm sorry. Karen
1: Lewis and Bram are Canadian. Oh,
2: all <laughs> yes. oh, the hand motions. Um. So Skinnamarink is a very different kind of film. If you are watching these in succession, of have never seen any of them going from Evil Dead Rise to Skinamarink is quite uh the whiplash. Should, but yeah, um, it is. But next week, we're going to be talking about Uh And uh, again, thank you all so much, guests and co-hosts, for being here. The listeners, thank you as well. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. So in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We will see you all next week. Thank you again, everybody. Bye. Bye. The Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation, and you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of tracermatula.com for our artwork. Also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.
0: We'll I'll see you next week.
2: Wow. I just love that it. it was Mario. It's not even Italian anymore. It's just, it's Mario. Um,
3: so yes. Hi, everybody.